Namo tassa pakavato arahato sama sambutasa. Namo tassa pakavato arahato sama sambutasa. Namo tassa pakavato arahato sama sambutasa. Buttang dhammang sankhang samit. So this the kind of idea I presented yesterday. I don't know if it made any sense, but so for me, there's a difference between like being being at Pike Pike Lake and just casting my glance across Pike Lake, and there's nothing really that draws my attention except the kind of sense of spaciousness and so on. And then when I do that, I'm taken by the awareness, as opposed to someone who is absorbed in maybe going to websites. You know, they go from one website to another, and that takes another. That kind of attention absorbed into the object is based on sense desire. So it's a, it's a kind of interesting uh, pull that keeps attention on the object. Whereas this other one, the, the object isn't so important, it's the awareness, you're taken by the awareness. And that's where you, that's where I notice the silence of the mind, the kind of deep silence and ringing silence of the mind. So say with, with this uh, cough, I was just just uh, la- last night, just kind of lying there, and and then the mind is thinking like, "What's the heck's going on here?" and "What what what's going on?" and so the th- thinking patterns now are are absorbed into the into the cough, which I need to do to some extent to figure out what's wrong. But then I found that my mind then said, "Well, the cough is this way. This is what the cough is," and then I let go of the analysis and the thinking and all of that. And then the mind just knew, cough is this way. And, and in that kind of direct experience, the emphasis is no longer on the cough, but in the awareness. So I'm taken to awareness again. And that, that way of relating to the sense world, I think, is very, for me, very important in meditation. Because I know I've, in the past, I've tried to just control the meditation object and, and so on. But that, that controlling didn't, didn't work because I was still uh, concerned about the meditation object, but when I was more referencing the awareness, the awareness of the object, that was important, then I began to see that's where the peace of the mind lies. So like the teachings around awareness of change bring you to that. The awareness of, like if I, if I notice the changing nature of my sickness and I abide as that kind of witnessing, then the mind experiences silence and peace, even though the experience of coughing is still uncomfortable. Then when I start to think about it, and I get absorbed into it and attached to it, then then I lose that sense of space. So going back to Ajahn Dun's interesting um, construct for the Four Noble Truths is that the mind uh, going outside is the cause. The result of the mind going outside is suffering. So I'm I have uh, like congested lungs and mucus is coming up from the lungs and I'm coughing and, and feeling, this is ridiculous, or oh, I'm fed up with this. So that's the mind going out to objects. And then the mind knowing the mind is the path, and the result of the mind knowing the path is the end of suffering. So right there, I, I just say to myself, yeah, what is this sickness? And the sickness is this way. And I abandon the thinking I ban the analysis and I just allow the sickness to manifest and that then makes the 
awareness very very clear that that I'm taken by the awareness again. So the same situation is dealt in different ways, and to me that is what we mean by letting go. That kind of non-grasping, and, and letting go is a kind of gentle art or a gentle craft that, that we learn around all things. But the, I should think the very, very important thing is, is thought. Wrong thinking just gets us so involved in a sense object. So let's say if, if, if I have some emotional sankara coming to consciousness triggered by something or other, then if there is the kind of sense, well, what is it? What is this uh, anxiety or fear? What, what really is it before I think about it? Then, it, interestingly enough, I'm not focusing on it, but I'm allowing it to be there. By allowing it to be there, that's non-grasping. And the mind listens and hears the sound of silence or the space of silence. So, if you look at, like, Four Noble Truths and craving, you see how craving is always... For us, the word tanha is always involved with uh, a misunderstanding or, or ignorance. And so craving is always trying to go into the sankharas to reorganize them into some kind of situation which is, which is fulfilling or happy or whatever. Whereas awareness isn't trying to fix anything. It's not making judgments about anything. It's welcoming the whole package and abiding as wits of change. So, if, like, let's say, like, for example, if you're meditating and you're, you're suffering from sleepiness, right? Your mind keeps nodding off. Somehow, you have to bring the mind to full awakeness. Not just get rid of the sleepiness, but, but realize, oh, awakeness is this way. What's this moment like? So, you have to stop meditating, you have to look around, and then just stop and get that balance. And then the challenge is to see the arising of the sankara and not attach to it. And this is true of all the hindrances that we have in meditation, whether it's annoyance or fantasy or, or worry or, or physical discomfort. Take physical discomfort. Say you're, um, you're sitting and the clock's been set for an hour and, you know, 45 minutes, maybe your hip starts to hurt. You can see when your hip starts to hurt, that arising the sankara produces thinking. Oh, gosh, you know, maybe I should shift my posture, should I, should I, how much more time is left? And the mind gets engaged with that pain, which is okay, because you don't want to hurt yourself. But at some point, you can also say, well, what is this pain? What is it really like? And then there's the letting go of the analysis and the thinking, and the pain presents itself. But what presents itself also is the peace of the mind. The awareness becomes... It's, it's kind of the awareness comes to the foreground. I don't know how to explain it, really. And then you, you begin to say, okay, that's the abiding, that uh, awareness of change, that's the abiding that I want to try to cultivate constantly. And then, hopefully, whatever meditation object you have, that's the point of it. You, you, you take your theme of meditation or your object of meditation, and you try to use it to cultivate this sense of non-grasping, or not attachment as the breath comes and goes. So if you're observing the in-breath and out-breath, it's not about controlling the breath or whatever. It's more like allowing allowing the breath to arise, allowing to cease, and abiding as that witness of the changing nature of breath. Um, that's not so straightforward if, you're, if you haven't had much experience in meditation because the, the thinking mind, the planning mind, will uh, obviously kind of jump in there and, and uh, kidnap you. But that's all right. At some point, 
you'll also notice that you've been kidnapped and that you're fantasizing. And at that point, then what's really important is the awakened mind. You come to the awake. If you don't come to the awakened mind, what usually happens is you argue with yourself. Well, you should stop thinking, or or you try to get rid of thought, and you don't. You're still kind of caught in craving of trying to get something, trying to get rid of something. But the path of peace is very much a path of of letting go. So the, let's say I'm I'm using the breath as my object of meditation, and then lo and behold, I I, I start thinking about. Uh, going to the doctor or something like that, and then someone coughs. And when someone coughs, that kind of brings me back to the present moment. So right there, right there, if you can, if you can establish, ah, the awake mind. This is the way it is. I, the mind, knowing the mind. What's it like now? And let go of thinking. That's really the secret, isn't it? Kind of letting go of the papancha, the thinking. And then the mind is then established in in right awareness. Uh, we have in in the chanting we have samasati right right mindfulness and so the the word for wrong is micha so what would micha sati be what would wrong mindfulness mean well to me it seems that what it would be wrong is if i'm just trying to con- control the the um, sankaras and some or trying to get something or something in the future whereas that sense of renunciation and giving up and letting go is is to me what sama Sati is indicating the, the letting go of the khandas, letting go of sankaras, and abiding as awareness of change. And even even if if your attention gets all kind of caught up for two three hours, at some point you're gonna awaken. Wow, I've been I've been I've been fantasizing half the day, or I've been annoyed half the day. At some point. There is, you know, something, some pain or some sound, something awakens you to the present moment. That's incredibly valuable. So make that, make that like, rather than think, oh man, I'm thinking too much. I just can't let go of thinking. Don't worry about that. Rather than make, make it something like positive. Oh, here it is. This is this moment. And really try to allow this moment pr- to present itself. Let it be fully conscious. Let go of thinking. Let go of thinking. Let go of thinking. And then what becomes apparent is the silence of the mind, the peace of the mind. So each of us is going to find um, you know, different ways that we come to a sense of centeredness and presence. One of the people that comes here very often, she finds that uh, doing the breath, she gets too controlling. So she likes more spacious meditation. She likes the sound of silence. She can the, the practices of, of choiceless awareness. Other people find they just waffle around a lot. They need something, an object which is more concrete and more obvious than that. But both both should should be bringing one to the same kind of insight and presence is always available. It's again, it's not a matter of time. It's not a matter of me somehow practicing awareness so that that awareness is something different in the future. No, it's always like present moment awareness. And then the, the nature of awareness becomes, you begin to see how profound it is, how, how very silent it is, the kind of profundity of that. In the beginning, awareness seems like me doing something, me controlling something, me getting something. But as that sense of me going somewhere, letting go of something, just the sense of this is the way it is now, it's just this way now and it's changing, that sense of non-grasping becomes very beautiful. And, and you begin to incline to that mode of operating rather than the mode of controlling and trying to get something. 
To me, that seems what sama sati must be about. Having said that, you, you, we still need to kind of control the world. You still need to take the, go to the rubbish dump, and you still need to make sure that the, the knives are sharpened and we don't drop the tree on on the. So there's, there's there's nothing wrong with focus. Focus is fine, but there are these two ways, and and, and just learning how how can I focus on on the sankaras in a way which is efficient and good and helpful, but also is there is there a dimension that I'm missing? Is there not a dimension of peace which is not dependent on the quality of the knife or or having the whole monastery clean and so on? So without dismissing worldly dharmas, uh, we do that as well as we can. And that that's a sort of exercise in, in, in being present and being careful and, and doing things well. And forest tradition really encourages that, to do things well. But not, not like our, our goal isn't efficiency. Our goal isn't cleanliness. Our goal isn't, um, these would all be methods. You know, that like, let's say, we're, we're, we're trained to wash the bowl very carefully, not to bang it around, not to scrape it with, um, cleansers and so on. So we have a training around cleaning the bowls. But just being efficient in cleaning your bowl is not going to be enlightening. You're just going to have a clean bowl. But if it's a way of staying present, right? You begin to say, oh, presence is important. Then that becomes a vehicle or a method for presence. And then that presence begins to reveal the silence of the mind, begins to, to, to indicate, ah, yeah, when there's present moment awareness and things become conscious, the silence of the mind is, is more and more touched or realized or seen or known. So it's, a, it's, it's like two, two possibilities always. So I have a cough, and I think about it. But there's a certain amount of thinking which is just useless, just being annoyed and so on. And then in some moment, oh, the cough is like this. And then the mind enters peace again. Same cough, same kind of cough, same... Uh, but the mind all of a sudden now is not grasping. So letting go, the gentle art of letting go, or the craft of letting go, is not getting rid of, but it's finding a perspective which is peaceful within whatever uh, changing conditions come up. Okay? Something to think about. <laughs> Amen. Um.